for joining us today for the Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of November 6th, preached by Brother Mike Sylvie. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen to this message. And here now is Brother Mike preaching from the 23rd Psalm. First visit we had, got to renew our acquaintance with so many we've known in the past, and today I've been able to see some of you we haven't seen for a while, good to see the, the Godfreys again. Their son Michael was in the youth group with me and uh, some of my running buddies, and uh, speaking of running buddy, Brother Jeff Daniels is here this morning, so good to see him, had seen him in a long time. We were laughing just a moment ago as we were talking. We both have stories we could tell on each other that get us in a whole lot of trouble. <clears throat> so we're, we're just going to uh, keep quiet and uh, let some of those things in the past stay in the past. But I can't help but reminisce when I, when I come here. We used to be right back over there. That was our spot. So we've changed some now. We, we've got, we're not in that spot anymore. But... Uh, we're with the same kids in that youth group. God's just done a work in our life. He's matured us, forgiven us, helped us, and guided us, led us. And I'm glad to be here today to preach God's word to you and glorify his name. I was so blessed by the worship as we sung our praises to the Lord on, on this uh, Love the Lord Sunday. I pray that... Um, He'll be honored and glorified. Speaking of the, the youth group, it's good to see Sister Maxine Griffin here this morning. She's the honorary member of the youth group, forever young. Uh, good to see Miss Maxine. She wasn't able to be here the last Sunday I was here. And um, Coming to Central is just like coming home for me. I thank the Lord for what he's done in my life through the ministry of this church. Five great blessings for Thanksgiving from Psalm 20. Three is the message today. Charles Spurgeon called Psalm 23 the pearl of all the psalms. Psalm 23 has been read and memorized and quoted and prayed and cherished for generations by Christians all over the world. Psalm 23 is a wellspring of spiritual truth. I remember years ago when I was here at Central I remember hearing Brother C.O. Strong, Baptist pastor and teacher, former member and friend of Central Baptist Church, say, I have 62 sermons on the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> now, some of you maybe remember the number a little bit different than me, but it was a huge number of sermons that he had on this one psalm. And the more I preach God's word, the more I understand why our brother C.O. Strong had so many sermons on one psalm. Because the more you study God's word, the more beautiful truth you see from these treasured words. And Psalm 23, and indeed, is a treasure. And in this treasured psalm are five great blessings that will inspire God's people to be even more grateful 
This is the season of thanksgiving. We not only need to be grateful, we need to be more grateful. Overflowing with thanksgiving for our great God. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You want to be more thankful this season first? Consider the passion of the shepherd. There in verse 1, the passion of the shepherd is you, his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd so that I shall not want or I shall not lack anything. I want to remind you this morning that sheep don't buy fields and build fences and start sheep raising operations. Sheep don't gather together and take a poll of who'd be their best shepherd. No, the sheep don't do that because they can't. If the sheep have a shepherd, it's because there is a shepherd who has decided to buy a field and build fences and call a flock and become their shepherd. It's because it is the shepherd's passion to shepherd sheep. So if you have a shepherd this morning, it's because the Lord loves you and the Lord has his eye on you. The Lord spoke of his passion in John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and I give my life for the sheep. We are his passion. Psalm 100 continues relating the affection of the Lord with these words. It says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He's done it. And the very next verse in that Psalm 100 says, based on this, to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. When you realize how passionate the shepherd is for you, it makes you even more grateful to have him in your life. He's passionate about us. He is passionate about, passionate about each and every one of his sheep. Because the Lord is our shepherd and is passionate about us, we can say this, that, he, that every single life has meaning and value. What did the Lord say about himself in Luke chapter 15? He said, I am the good shepherd. And uh, he told a story relating how he was the good shepherd. And he said, what shepherd having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, and will he not leave the ninety and nine and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? The Lord is passionate for just the one, for you 
for your needs. And the Lord said, I know my sheep and they know me. They hear my voice and they follow me. He knows what's going on in your life. That's because he's passionate about you. He cares. He cares for you more than anyone else cares. The Lord is my shepherd so that I shall not want. And that means that if the Lord's my shepherd and he is passionate about me, then he is going to be taking care of every one of my needs so that I can say, I'm satisfied. I am filled. I shall not want. I like how a child who had memorized this psalm put verse 1 in their own words and they captured, I think, the personal meeting by announcing, the Lord is my shepherd and I don't want anything else. And if you truly know him as your shepherd, you come to that point in your life where you can say that. So that's the first blessing, the passion of the shepherd. And then verses 2 and 3 speak to us about the provisions of the shepherd. No one provides for us like the Lord. He feeds, these verses say, he fills, he redeems, and he refines. The statements that made here in verse 2 and 3 show us that the Lord provides for all our physical needs, our emotional needs, our personal needs, and our spiritual needs. He covers everything. He meets every one of our needs in his provisions. And for his provisions, we can be thankful. No one feeds us like the Lord. Verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in pastures green and tender. How does the Lord feed us? What do these green pastures speak about? I think it covers our physical food. The Lord gives us our daily bread, physical food from the earth to feed our bodies. But beyond that, He gives us the heavenly food. He gives us bread from heaven that fills our hearts. These are the green pastures that he makes us to lie down in. And I've read that the sheep will not lie down until they're fed and they're filled. And it is the Lord who makes us to lie down in green pastures. And he fills us. This is what the second phrase in verse 2 I think refers to. He leads me beside and literally it is the waters of rest and satisfaction. He fills us through, through what he provides in our life, both earthly and heavenly. It fills us with a satisfaction that no one else can provide. When you're in tune with the Lord and you're walking with him, even your ordinary daily ham sandwich just tastes a little bit better, doesn't it? You just got to rest in your soul. And, and life is just, is just better. And even though everything around you may be spinning out of control, there is a peace, there is a stillness that the Lord leads you to, the still waters, and he satisfies. No one can do that other than the Lord. No one redeems us like the Lord. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul. That word restore means to turn back. And so, this is saying that the Lord turns back our soul to Him. As 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25 
tells us, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. It's only the shepherd that can turn the soul of a sheep. Sheep are straying animals. They love to stray. Sheep are some of the hardest animals to control. Years ago, I was at a, a church, and we, we did a living nativity event around Christmas time. And it was a full-scale living nativity where we had live actors and live townspeople, and we had all these different scenes, and uh, we had uh, soldiers on horses, and uh, we had some animals, we had a cow, we had a donkey, and we had the sheep. More about the sheep in just a moment. But in each of these scenes, they would drive through in their cars and people would take in these scenes and it would all culminate at the nativity scene with Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And we did this over three nights. And it was a lot of work. And at the end of the night, we were very tired. And we were having to put everything down and turn it off and uh, get it ready for the next night. And every night... The hardest duty that we had at the end of the night, we always left this for our very last, was to deal with the sheep. <laughs> the sheep did not want to get in that little trailer and go night-night. <laughs> and the reason why we had so much trouble is because we weren't shepherds. It's only the shepherd that can turn the sheep from the inside. And this is our shepherd. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord, the Lord has laid our iniquity on himself. And that's turned us. That has changed us. Before I was saved, I was empty on the inside. I was empty on the inside, and so were you, because your soul was dead. The Bible says the soul that sins, it shall, it shall surely die. Ezekiel 18, verse 20. And when we sin, then we die on the inside. The part of us that God has made in within us to connect with Him, our soul, our spirit, it dies. And we feel empty. That's why we feel empty. There's a part of us that's not right. Because sin separates us from God. But when I confess my sin to the Lord and I called upon Him and I asked Him to save me, that all changed on the inside. It changed immediately for me on the inside. Because He brought my soul back to life. This is what the shepherd, and only the shepherd, can do. He touches the soul, he turns it, he brings it back to life as we trust him as our Savior, and then he continues to restore it, to turn it back to him, and renew it day by day as we walk with him. No one redeems us like our shepherd. And no one refines us like the Lord. Verse 3 also says that he leads us in the paths of righteousness, for his name's sake. He redirects us in righteous paths. I've, re I've read that the sheep tend to walk in the same path all the time. 
In the field where they pasture, they, they are uh, creatures of monotony. They like to take the familiar path that they've always taken. The problem comes when they take that path so often, they wear it bare and gullies form and it becomes uneven ground and then they stumble and they fall and they hurt themselves. And so left to their own choices, the sheep always will get into trouble. It takes the shepherd to come and to redirect them and to guide them in his paths. Our shepherd has his righteous paths that he wants us to walk. And he does that for a reason. We as his sheep, we, we, want, we tend to want to go back to the old ways of the world and walk in old paths. But he's always trying to redirect us in his path because he knows it's best for us. And he provides that kind of redirection constantly for us. And the, and the verse 3 says he does this all for his name's sake. You know, sheep that are in bad condition reflect bad upon their owner. Bad sheep indicate a shepherd who has a bad heart and a bad approach to how he deals with the sheep. And the Lord knows this. That's why it says he does it for his name's sake. We represent him. The condition of our life reflects upon his shepherding. And sometimes we don't let him shepherd us like we need to and we don't reflect upon him like we should. But if we'll let him, he'll direct us. And for his name's sake, he'll make us righteous like he is. The Bible says that he is working on us. He has begun a good work in us and he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's always working on completing it and that great work is to make us just like himself. Before we come to the end of the psalm, we're going to find that the sheep are transformed and they're no longer sheep, but they are sons and saints of God dwelling in the house of God. He is working on us. He is redirecting us for his name's sake. And no one else can provide for us in this way other than our shepherd. And for that we ought to be grateful. He cares for us more than anyone else. That's his passion. He contents us more than anyone or anything, and that's his provision. Now notice how he is closer to us than anyone, and that's his presence. In verse 4, the presence of the shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now the Lord is always with us. But we don't always experience a sense of his presence. If we're out of fellowship, if we're not in his word, if we're not in a prayerful mindset, so often we can miss him. And he can feel like he's a million miles away, even though he's right there with us. The Lord proclaims in Jeremiah 23, 23, that I am a God who is near at hand, not a God afar off. He says, can anyone hide in the secret place so that I should not see him? Do I not feel heaven and earth? The Lord's with us all the time. But sometimes we're not with him. And we don't sense his presence. But the great truth of verse 4 here is that in your deepest and darkest valley of life, it is there 
that the Lord will give you the greatest experience of his presence. Notice how the pronouns, the personal pronouns in the psalm change at this point. It goes from he and him to you and your. It's closer. It's more personal. I will fear no evil for you are with me. And so his presence is a great blessing that he will bless us with even in our darkest moment, especially in our darkest moment. And for all of us, that will be the time in which we either approach our own valley, our own time of death, or we walk through it with someone else. Those are the deepest, darkest valleys to go through. And it's there that our shepherd's closer than any other time. Notice in this verse what death is. According to verse 4, death is a walk, it is a valley, and it is a shadow. And it is those things all because of the presence of our great shepherd. Death is a walk. Charles Spurgeon said this of death is a walk. He said, the believer neither runs to it nor stands still as to avoid it. He or she keeps their pace. And we can only walk steady in the face of this valley of the shadow of death because we know the Lord has walked that path before us. And that one who has walked that path is the one who's with us. And he will see us safely through it. Death is a walk. Verse 4 also says death is a valley. Death is a deep and troublesome path, a valley. But it is a valley pathway that leads home. Those who are familiar with raising sheep in the Holy Land say that uh, during the summer months they're taken to the high ground. They're taken up to the mountaintops to feed. But then before the season is over, they are brought back down and they are led through the valley before they get back home. The valley is deep and it's dark. It's terrible. But because we have a shepherd, it now is a pathway home. The Bible says that death is the last enemy that shall be destroyed. The Bible says death is but a sleep for we who are the Lord's sheep. It's closing our eyes on this side, opening our eyes on the other side. And then this verse 4 says also that death is just but a shadow. Notice that. The shadow of death. I love what Spurgeon also said about this. He said the shadow of a dog cannot bite. The shadow of a sword cannot kill. The shadow of death cannot destroy us. The Lord is our shepherd. Therefore, we have his passion. We have his provisions. And most blessed of all, we have him. We have him right there at our side. Walking through the deepest, darkest time of our life. And because of that, we can and should be grateful. Well, the fourth blessing of Psalm 23 is found in the following words here, last words of verse 4 and words of verse 5. There's something else here, great blessing. The Lord's protection. All the words that are mentioned here in this part of the psalm 
convey the Lord's protecting power in our life. It talks about the rod and the staff and the table and the oil. The rod of the shepherd was a club or a spear used to, to uh, strike the enemy. The staff was a long stick with a hook on the end used to lift the sheep out of dangerous places. The table was a skin or a leather mat that was spread out on the ground, providing sustenance and strength in hostile circumstances. The oil was an ointment used to protect the sheep's head from sickness and pestilence. All these words convey the protection that we have from the one who is almighty, the one who has never lost a battle, the one who will always win the fight as we trust him. Psalm 121 echoes the protection of the Lord when it says, The Lord is your keeper. He is your protector. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. Jesus said they may kill the body, but they cannot touch your soul. Are you not of more value than many sparrows? He says, my father sees this the smallest, least sparrow fall to the ground. And you're of more value than many sparrows. The very hair, hair on your head, hair, the hairs on your head are all numbered. The Lord said in Matthew chapter 10, you're protected. He is with you. Again, he said they may kill the body, but they can't kill the real you, your soul. The songwriter said it so beautifully, Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His passion is upon you. His provisions are in you. His presence is near you. His protection is over you. All reasons to be grateful. And the psalm ends with a wonderful word of promise. The last verse, verse 6. The promise of the shepherd. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy have been called the twin guardian angels of the Lord that follow us, that pursue us, that chase us every single day to keep us on track, to keep us preserved. The Lord's salvation is a promise. It is a promise that if we will come to Him and acknowledge our sin and confess that to Him and trust in Him and surrender our life with Him, then He will come in and take over and He will see us home. Our salvation is not something that we can accomplish on the front end or the back end. And nothing in the middle. It's all of what he does as we trust him. And he says, surely, it's a promise. You're going to be guarded. You're going to be preserved by my faithful goodness and my merciful love. And that's going to see you all the way home as you go through your valley. And surely... You're going to find your place to sit. You're going to dwell. You're going to abide in my house up above. And you see the merciful, great uh, love and great goodness of the Lord here? The sheep now are no longer sheep. They once were out in the field, but now they're in the house. 
Now they are brought into the house as the sons and daughters of God, the saints of God, and now they have a place to sit just like the shepherd. To sit and to dwell and to live in the house of the Lord forever. That's only possible through the promise of our great shepherd. We ought to be grateful. We ought to be thankful for all that he has done and all that he will continue to do for we will be forever blessed, therefore we should be forever grateful. Psalm 23, I believe, asks us all a question. That is, is the Lord my shepherd? Is he? Is he your shepherd? Has there been that time in your life in which you have realized you are lost? That you are separated from him? That your soul has died? And you can't do anything to change that. You did everything to create that, but you can't do anything to change it. Only the Lord can. And so you have to repent of that sin. You have to be serious. You have to be sorry. God's not someone you try. He's someone you trust. He's someone you come to and realize He is the owner. He is the shepherd. He, he's the boss. He's the Lord, and He is the one that you must surrender to. And you place your life, your forever, everything that you will be, all that you are and all that you'll ever be, you, you lay at His feet, and you say, Lord, I surrender, I come to you. And when you do that, let me tell you what's going to happen. Things will begin to change on the inside right away. He forgives you of all of your sin that was such a burden in your life. Pilgrim's Progress. Christian, he carries that burden, that backpack on his back. Those of you that know that story. His sin was a burden to him that he carried all of his life. He tried every way to get rid of it, but only as he laid it at the cross of the shepherd who had died for him was the burden lifted. The same for you and me. You have to surrender your life, your sin, everything to him. And if you will, you trust him. That he'll come in and he'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new soul, a new spirit. He'll, he'll connect with that. You'll be one with him and you'll forever be one with him. It only gets better and better with him. Everything else around us may be dark and deep and troublesome. But with him, it just keeps getting better and better and better until we look up one day and everything's changed and we're at the house of the Lord we're home and we will forever be home as you bow your heads this morning having heard Psalm 23 once again Thank you again for joining us for the Central Word podcast. Our prayer is that this episode will serve to build you up in your daily walk with Christ. May God bless you in this week to come. Thank you again for joining us.